Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey friends, Damian Mason coming to you from in front of my 2020 and 2021 calendar, wearing my watch because this episode is about time, specifically about time frame and time expectations as it relates to our response to and dealing with the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Okay, this is not a political statement. Please, let's just understand this is about business. I'm pretty darn good at business. I've been running my own enterprise for going on 26 years right now. I, I worked in corporate America prior to that. I help companies and individuals be better at business. I wrote a book called Do Business Better. I'm not here to pitch you my book. I'm here to talk to you in all frankness and sincerity about the desperation of small businesses, self-employed business people, and even big businesses, but also about the real need for a time frame. Uh, President Trump announced that maybe we'd get back to work and get America rolling again at, by Easter. And of course, the New York Times, who's very critical of him and his administration, has been against this, and then on social media. And we're not here to get into that crap. I'm going to tell you why we need a time frame. Be it Easter, two and a half, three weeks from now, or even a week after that. We need a time frame for, i got five reasons here, okay? So, practicality of operating business. Uh, one thing that you must understand is, if you run a business, you have some employees, you pay rent on your office, you have insurances, massive amounts of insurance, some companies, and then you've got the supply chain, the things that you bring in, uh, you've got your supplies in general that you need to do what you do, you've got your customers, you've got your, uh, your clientele you serve. There's just a practicality of doing business. And then all the things that you need to do that business, to do that work, uh, are in limbo when we don't know what we're dealing with time-wise. So there's a real practicality of just the absolute idea of, well, when are we going to start up again? I'm sitting on a half million dollars worth of raw materials. Hell, do I need to go out and try and dump them? Because I'm, I'm tying that money up, and that same money needs to pay for my electric bill. You understand where this goes? It's not just the immediate thing about, well, you're being selfish, you want to get back to work. No, it's that I've got a lot to manage here, and I know you're telling me that I'm going to get some $2 trillion stimulus package, but how much of that do I get? A, is it, is it uh, even going to be here soon enough to save me? Secondly, is it a loan? I don't need more debt. I just lost, I just lost three, four, six months of revenue, not to mention my investments are down 30%. You're going to give me more debt as the answer? Do you understand what I'm talking about? businesses can look out and say, all right, we can withstand this if we have a, a pretty good idea that we're going to be back to work by May 1st, by April 17th, whatever, give, give a, 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 even within a few days of when we can at least start doing what we do, because it's going to take a while to ramp that up. Even if we did start the day after Easter, 
there still is the issue of, okay, three of my employees are 71 years old. I don't really think they should come in. So we're going to figure out how Bob and Mary and, and, and Josephine can figure out to work from home and, and still contribute. Um, we've also don't have all the supplies we need. Do you understand where I'm going with this? We need a time frame so that we can understand how to start getting things ramped up again. That's the practicality of doing business and operating a business. The number two reason that we need a time frame is purely the economics of it. You see, the Wall Street Journal asked this very question in an article today. When will it be safe to loosen coronavirus lockdowns? And there's a lot to it, you know. No matter what, you're going to be criticized if you're a politician. It's going to be like, oh, you only did this because of the vote. I, I don't care about that stuff. It's a legitimate question because not one politician was interviewed in this uh, article. It was all professors of epidemiology and uh, people in healthcare. The practicality of the economics is this. If we want to wait until it's all clear, until it's all safe, that means we either have herd immunity that goes through the entire world. 7.6 billion people have to get enough of them infected to where then most of them are now uh, immune to the virus, which means also a bunch of them died. And then we also have the option of getting a vaccine produced. So to get a vaccine produced is probably a year to two years away. Are you going to stay in your uh, guest house, are you going to lock yourself in your third bedroom uh, and try and run your business for the next one to two to three years? You won't have a business to go back to. So I'm being very frank with you. The American people need to understand this is not a political thing. It's a practicality thing of operating businesses, period. And there's also the economics of it. According to the Imperial College of London, you know, they're talking about drastic steps. You, you isolate people and say, you're not allowed to go out for how long? Well, it could take, it could take at least another year and a half till we get a vaccine. You're going to lock me in my house for a year and a half? How does that work? So from the economic standpoint, there will be no economy to come back to. Makes sense, right? So purely from an economic standpoint, we need a time frame. Businesses, small biz people, self-employed, freelancers, they can at least then say, okay, I'm losing the next three months. Okay, I, I, can, I can live with that. Uh, it's going to be very, very tough, but I can get through it. Uh, I at least now know that I can renegotiate, grab that little short-term money. I can make this all work as long as I can get back to work by and then give me a date. Third reason that we need a time frame. Is this the devastation? Uh, uncertainty in uncertainty is terrible. That's what everybody talks about in the business of economics. If I just, uh, I get it that there's risk and reward, but when I don't even know if I can go out into a marketplace and apply my risk to seek my reward for the next four months, then I'm screwed. So I can already accept the risk and reward. Us business people do that all the time. I quit my job with three uh, comedy gigs lined up for the rest of my life and made my business political comedy with $1,200 of expected revenue back in 1994. It's not the risk and reward thing that we don't understand. It's that when can I go out here and start doing that? If you're saying that this might take until August and you say that in March, I'm going to be okay. But I can tell you that so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so that I do business with, 
they're not going to be okay because they've got people like me as their clients. And when they don't have me as their clients doing business with them, then they're screwed. And so we need that because of the devastation. Because if you say it might be another year and a half, all of those mortgage payments walk, all of those rent payments, all of those acquisitions of raw products, all those supplies, all those tools, all those capital goods you're going to bring in to put a new stove in your restaurant or whatever, that walks. So you're not talking about devastation just for a, a mom and pop. You're talking about a devastation for everybody they do business with. It's, you know, it's the, economic, it's the economic multiplier effect. They didn't buy a stove and they didn't uh, go rent a second location to open up another restaurant. And that means that now 19 waitresses and waiters don't have jobs. You see where this goes? And that means that they can't pay rent and they can't buy a car. And it just goes on and on and on. The devastation, the longer we go, is definitely going to be worse than taking on the reality of some of us get sick and die. I don't want people to die. Don't tell me I'm heartless. Don't carry on about all this. I get it. We will definitely face an economy and a devastation far worse than a pandemic if we're not back in business in the next month or two. Because you take this thing out three months, four months, six months, every one of those buildings you drive by on your way to work or when you used to drive to work, are now sitting vacant. Those businesses couldn't sustain it anymore. They couldn't pay their rent. And so now that is a vacant building. Is that good for our community? And then the insurance that they had. Well, now that insurance agency is out of business and that insurance company might be out of business. And then worse yet, there's going to be tremendous issues when those vacant buildings catch on fire and they're uninsured. You see where this is going. The devastation to our economy is going to be beyond recognition and we will look like a third world country. We will look like a third world country that also just got done with a civil war. There will be vacancies, there will be unemployment, and there will be, number four, there will be lives ruined. And again, I know that we always have to make this calculation. This is what folks are starting to realize that, no, I'm not saying let's all go out here and try and kill grandma with the COVID-19, but we will lose a lot of people to, we already have meth problems and heroin problems in places like my hometown of Huntington, Indiana, a former factory town that's lost some of its industrial base. Do you want that throughout the world? Do you want the, the thriving uh, uh, economy that we have to not only be not thriving anymore, but to now be uh, a substance abuse problem country? Do you want those people that have some, they're on the edge of mental health problems. They're a little depressed. Now you, now you take their business from them. Now they don't have jobs. Uh, their mental health problems spiral downward until all of a sudden they are either uh, using substances or worse yet, killing themselves. There are real long-term effects to this. We don't bounce out of this. If we have to do six months or one year and a half until we get to, quarter, until we get to uh, uh, vaccines, we have lives that will be ruined. We have lives that absolutely will never come back. Uh, because not just the finances, then they feel like a failure, then they lose their business, then they lose their home, and then they are uh, on drugs, and then just, you got to think about the real issues here. I'm probably preaching to the choir, by the way. You know, I'm always very, very positive, but this has me deeply concerned because my clients are business people. I know them personally, and I know what we're up against. And I know that you're going to say, hey, you know what, Damien? 
it's okay. They're going to pass a $2 trillion stimulus bill, and we're going to get that money flowing. Well, that's very short term. How long do you believe a government can continue to not bring tax revenue in and continue to pay out $2 trillion and it work? You see, the government doesn't have money. The government gets money from us, the business people that I'm saying need to get back to work, the businesses that spurn off income. And because they make income, that income then generates tax revenue. And then what about the communities where you live? Do you think that property taxes can be paid in the spring installment, which is right around the corner, from businesses that are not allowed to operate, therefore they, can, they don't have any revenue, therefore they not only can't be paying for all the things that make a business go, they can't be paying their local municipality for property taxes. These are real issues, and a government can't withstand this for long. I'm going to give you a, a side note here. Uh, in this article, they quote David Katz, who's the founding director of Yale University's Prevention Research Center. And I like what I read about David Katz, and we're going to probably be hearing more about this sort of logic moving forward if we can unpoliticize it. Uh, Professor Katz talks about the real perils, just like I've outlined. Uh, you got lack of health insurance. The longer you've got an economy that's not even allowed to show up and work, you've got health insurance issues, you've got people that, the obvious income issue, and then we're going to say, oh, yeah, we're taking care of with unemployment. Well, what about self-employed people like me or folks that have, you know, nine employees? Um, that don't uh, that don't have the same sort of thing that bigger companies have. You got food security issues. You got the stress, and obviously you've got the substance abuse. Uh, Dr. Katz, David Katz, uh, proposes a stratified approach. Now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not even on Easter, but a stratified approach where we say, "Hey, we know there are more at-risk people: immunocompromised, the elderly. Yeah, some young people too. Uh, you go ahead and stay home here for at least another couple weeks." But those of you that are willing, and we would never be forced, if you're willing to go and go back to your business and start things up, you're allowed to. You know, you're allowed to be open for business now. Uh, and then we stratify out those people that can be most likely to work and not be impacted uh, as badly, et cetera, et cetera. And then we sort of a trickle back in. Will there be people that get COVID-19? There's no question. Um, is the media going to blow that out of proportion? Absolutely. That's what they do. Is it going to be politicized? There's no question. So I talk about business. I talk about small business. And that's what this entire episode is about. And uh, again, I, I'm, I don't want you to make it a political thing. There's just real, real reasons. Uh, we're on the clock. And everybody that I know that I'm friends with that has their own business is on the clock. And you can tell them there's money coming to them from a stimulus plan. And usually the person that has four employees doesn't even know how to go about doing that. You can tell us, oh, go deal with the Small Business Administration. I don't even know where that is. I don't even know who they are. They have like 8,000 employees I've read and, and I researched once. I know what their budget looks like. In fact, I put it in my book. I talked about the Small Business Administration in here. Have you ever worked with them? I never have. They've never come to me and said, hey, what can we do to help your business? I don't know any small business people that have been impacted positively because of this alleged small business administration. I don't know what they do. It's another government bureaucracy, folks. So instead of telling us that we've got some big lifeline coming to us from some governmental entity, 
just give us a time frame and say, all right, and maybe it's not Easter. Maybe, you know, the right thing to do is say, hey, folks, it's not necessarily going to be Easter, but that's our real objective right now. And we're not going to let this thing go beyond uh, May 1. Now, at least I know what I'm dealing with and what I can expect. And I know how I can move forward. I'll give you a couple other thoughts. Because I talk about the human side of it before you accuse me of being heartless. I'm not being heartless. I'm just telling you that I need to look at my calendar. And so does every business person. It just happens that my calendar is more important even than some business people because I sell dates where I go around the country and I get on stages at business meetings and conferences. And I sell days on a calendar where I can apply my talent helping my clients do business better. I go and consult or speak to these organizations and at these meetings and that's what I sell, is dates on a calendar. As you will notice, there is nothing in April, May, or June because those all just got wiped. Absolutely. Just lost three and a half months. The second half of March and April, May, June wiped, cleared off, completely wiped, wash it off the board. It's not going to happen. As you can see, I've got July. Those little black squares are all dates. August, September. Now, here's the thing. They were going to fill in even more. But are we going to be allowed to? Do I lose those? If I lose these dates, we're going to be in a real struggle for my business. I need to be able to look at this calendar and say, okay, when can we start getting more normalcy? And every business person is the same way. You'll also notice that when there's enough fear in the marketplace, the reason there is so much fear is because of uncertainty. When a business person, when any person has uncertainty, they don't make any decision. They're paralyzed through the fear, right? I don't know what to do. Do I really fight or flight kind of thing? Well, it's the same thing when it comes to booking a conference for uh, August for uh, your salespeople in Dallas. Are we even going to be allowed to? That's why we need a time frame and a realism. Let me give you another aspect on this, and that is the hope and the mental health part of it. Um, uh, we already talked about the substance abuse and some of the issues that happen if there is no time frame because of the uncertainty or because of the devastation of the community or of the loss of your personal uh, life savings and you and your spouse are just completely out and then there's the economics of it. But so let's talk about the hope thing. Uh, we're not doing this just out of hope, like, hey, we want people to feel good, so go ahead and go out there and get infected. But at some point, at some point, there's the human side of this. And the human side of it is going to feel like they are being uh, martial lawed. They're going to feel like they're being held down. They're going to feel like, you know, I keep using the word feel because most humans are emotionally driven. And then they're going to feel like they have been squashed and they're going to start to react. And it's not going to be positive. Violent crime is actually down a little bit right now because in the immediate crisis, that's what happens. You can look it up in statistics. But over the next couple of weeks, months, as desperation builds, as irrational behavior builds, when you start seeing the normal rational human being going nuts and walking into a liquor store and trying to hold them up at gunpoint, you got a problem. And that's where a time frame and a bit of a game plan gives hope and give structure. We need that society. 
So I'm Damian Mason, you know who I am, and yeah, I've already held my book up here twice, so I'm not going to pitch you on that. I love you, uh, I love your input, you know, if you disagree with me, that's fine, you don't hurt my feelings. Uh, we did not make this political, we talked about something very frank and very sincere that I know in running my business for 26 years, and I know from being a former political comedian, and I know from being in front of uh, thousands and thousands of clients over the years. I know that the human condition can withstand a lot of things, but uncertainty over time is erosive to the spirit and the psyche and, and, and all rational uh, thought is going to start going out the window and there will be desperation and there's going to also be devastation to the local communities and there's going to be the big economics aspect of it and there's the reality of running your business. One last thought. You're going to tell me, Damien, you're worried about your calendar. Oh, Damien, you know what? All you care about is money. All right. You can say that. That's not true. That's okay. I'm sure that'll be the criticism. And you can say, Damien, all you care about is money and business, and there are going to be lives lost. Well, there's, there's lives lost all the time. I mean, let's face it. And in fact, many of my loudest critics that I've already had to deal with because of my commentary that I think this is media over-sensationalization of, of, a, of a situation uh, that has been politicized, uh, wrongly, and that I said also, uh, we're choosing to take all of the medical advice here, but not so much other places. At some point, don't we need to actually then say, yeah, let's weigh them out and have a have an adjusted response? And you're saying, Damien, what are you talking about? Well, the Centers for Disease Control said we should not have gatherings of more than 50 people. You remember when they said that? That was about two weeks ago. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control and all of the wonderful infectious disease folks that are working on this are giving us great recommendations. But when you say, Damien, that's why we can't do this. That's why we just got to shut down business. We don't care if the economy is shut down and never comes back. At least we saved lives because that's what the medical community told us to do. Let's not be hypocritical here, folks. You know what the medical community also has told you to do? The medical community has told you not to smoke cigarettes, yet 14.5% of you still smoke cigarettes in the United States of America, more in foreign countries. The Centers for Disease Control would tell you not to drink more than two drinks ever in one day. Are you adhering to that, especially now that you're hanging out at home? I see your memes on social media. Bullshit. You're not adhering to that. You're getting half plowed on a bottle of wine because you haven't done anything for a week and a half. And you're also bored and also you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, I need a little, I need a little mommy's little helper. Okay, the, the physicians, the medical community would advise you not to be obese. Yet 37% of the United States of America is obese and another 30% is overweight. So we've got two-thirds of the country that's nowhere close to what the medical community would recommend for your health, yet we're not adhering to that. Do you want me to go on and on about all the things the medical community has advised us to do that we've chosen not to do? They would advise you to sleep eight hours per night. But you chose to make money and then also go to an NBA game and then go out and have drinks and chicken wings afterwards and only get six hours of sleep. Would the medical community recommend any of those things? Yet you did it because it was either economic gain for the work or enjoyable for you to do so or just how you live your life. You get the point that I'm making you here? I smoke cigars. Would the medical community recommend that? Probably not. You see, we make trade-offs a lot and we decide to do a balanced approach and we don't always listen to what 
the medical community tells us to do. I'm not comparing having a cigar or chicken wings or martinis or any of these things to the virus in front of us, but let's have a balanced approach to this because it's pretty common that we don't always follow medical advice. You'd have to admit that. I'm Damian Mason. This is the Do Business Better podcast. It's also just a video for you to watch as well as an audio for you to listen to, uh, telling you why everyone in business needs some level of a time frame expectation so we can adjust, adapt, and move forward. Be healthy. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast. I'm Damian Mason. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.